morning. The scripture reading for this morning is from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. You can follow along in your bulletin on page 6 if you like, or you can just listen along. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. My heart's already full. I'm sure that's the case for you as well. Uh, But before we look at this passage, I would love to lead you in the traditional Easter greeting, what's also called the Pascal greeting. And uh, it's simply a call and response where I will call out, Christ is risen, and you all will respond, he is risen indeed. Let's do it three times together. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And to continue, if you could turn to the inside flap of your bulletin, sorry, page three, the first page, you see in the reflection there this very same Pascal greeting in various languages, some of which are represented in this congregation. And of course, we know that there are more. I would love to invite you, as we've done in past years, for you to call out in whatever language that you might have as your mother tongue or that you might be personally familiar with so that we might hear the celebration of the resurrection of Christ in many languages even this morning. Go ahead. Y'all gonna make me look bad. Amen. 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 Whoa. Amen. 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 Thank you. Go ahead. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. All right, one more time, kids. You can participate too. Christ is risen. 
Christ has risen. risen. Christ has risen. risen Let's pray together. Jesus, we are here to remember your resurrection. And what we need right now is the power of your resurrection to give life to the deadness in our hearts. That we would understand a little bit more the truth of who you are and what you've done for us in your cross and empty tomb. Please come and send your spirit, the spirit of Christ, and give us life even through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In the 1950s, you may be familiar that a scientist by the name of Kurt Richter ran a series of well-known experiments that tested how long rats could swim before drowning. Now, under normal circumstances, Dr. Richter found that the rats would swim for an average of about 15 minutes before eventually giving up and sinking. And he then repeated the experiment, but this time he briefly rescued the rats at about the 15-minute mark. He picked them up, he dried them off, he gave them a little bit of rest, and he fed them food before putting them back in the water. And then amazingly, much to his surprise, these rats wouldn't give up. They swam 240 times longer than the rats in the first group, an average not of 15 minutes, but rather of 60 hours. They were no fundamentally diff- they were not fundamentally physically different. There was no noticeable difference in the way that they were treated. So what made the difference? Dr. Richter concluded that the rats in the second group were able to swim longer because of one thing, and that was this. They were given hope. Do you have hope today? Hope is a powerful thing, you know. It can give you strength to fight and persevere, even when facing the harshest of life's challenges. The absence of hope, therefore, is a tragic thing. One of the most deadly spiritual cancers is the loss in belief in the possibility of change. You give up on a relationship that never seems to be getting better. Or you give up on society's ability to foster true harmony or equity. Or you give up on your own ability to knock out a personal vice that's taken you to the 15th round. When you have no hope, you start to live indifferently or desperately cynically or self-destructively. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. You give up on others, you give up on yourself. Hopelessness can kill you. Just ask the rats. The human heart needs hope. We need hope for survival We need hope to flourish. 
But what is this hope? And where can you find it? Kids, hope is spelled what? H-O-P-E. It's a small word, only four little letters, but it has a big meaning. Even grown-ups have a hard time understanding what hope is. We find that word in today's reading. This reading from the letter of Peter to churches in the region of Asia Minor. And we read this, this key verse here. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living, what? Hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, in the Bible, hope is not wishful thinking. I hope my team wins this weekend. I hope I might get that raise. It's not finger-crossing wanting. It's not lip-biting longing. Biblical hope is not a hope so, but a no so. True hope is future-looking faith. Hope is the confidence that God will take care of us tomorrow. Let me say that again. When you have hope, you can say, God will take care of me tomorrow. Let's say it together. God will take care of me tomorrow. That's hope. And in verse 4, Peter calls this hope a living hope because it's received through, what did he say? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, you can have hope because Jesus is alive. Amen. True hope, living hope, your confidence that God will take care of you tomorrow is grounded in the resurrection of Christ. What does that mean? It means this, that by sheer grace alone, Jesus died the death that we should have died. He took the judgment that we deserve for all of our sin and selfishness, which is what we celebrated and remembered two days ago on Good Friday. And when he rose again on the third day, that was proof positive. That Jesus really was who he said he was. Fully God and fully man, Jesus never lied. His rising was also proof that he really did what he said he would do, namely atone for all our sins and purchase our forgiveness once for all. That's good news. But there's more. Christ's resurrection also revealed that Jesus had defeated the power of death. Death is ended. We heard it sung. He didn't simply return from death, friends, like a resuscitated corpse, which would be liable to die again one day. No, Jesus rather passed through death and came out the other side immortal, morally incorruptible, physically indestructible, eternal. 
Christ's resurrection showed that he had conquered every evil power in the world that stands against God. But there's more. If you put your trust in Jesus, the Bible tells us, then your life and your destiny, indeed, your future, is fused to his. Jesus' resurrection is your resurrection. As Colossians 3 puts it, you have been raised with Christ from the dead. Because your soul is by nature unresponsive to the grace of God, but now in Christ is brought from death to new life. This is what Peter describes in verse 3 as a new birth. But there's more. Jesus is coming back. And when he does, he's going to bring to completion all the work that he has begun. There will be not just a new birth of one's soul, but finally a new birth for our physical bodies. Just like the raised, perfected body of Jesus. And there will even be a new birth to the entire physical world, the cosmos. When Christ returns, sin, death, and evil will be destroyed for all who are found in him. That's good news. Can you imagine that day? The resurrection means what God did for Jesus, he will one day do for all who put their faith in him. This is why Peter in this passage keeps pointing our attention again and again to the future. He speaks of a heavenly inheritance, which is also described in verse 5 as a salvation that's still coming. It's ready now, but it will be revealed in the last time when Jesus returns. The resurrection of Jesus is the down payment of our future inheritance of final resurrection. That's hope. That's resurrection hope. Someone says, well, what difference does that make if we could wrap up simply reflecting on this together? All this rich biblical truth and theology wrapped up into real life, what does it mean? It means this. Resurrection hope is the confidence that you will one day stand before God on the day of judgment as we all will. And that if you are in Christ, then all your sin and selfishness will still not be counted against you. There's no condemnation, not now and not tomorrow, for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you can stop living by fear today. And you can stop pretending that you're better than you are. Because if you've put your trust in Christ, then this is true. There's nothing you can do to make Jesus love you anymore. And there's nothing you can fail to do to make God love you any less because his love for you in the resurrected Christ is eternal and will never change. That's hope. 
That's hope. Resurrection hope means that you can take heart and not give up. Even though you might be today languishing in poverty, or you might be tearfully seeking society's recognition of yours or others' human dignity. This is because of the hope of which Peter speaks, of which Dr. King spoke when he preached, Good Friday may occupy the throne for a day, but ultimately it must give way to the triumph of Easter. Evil may so shape events that Caesar will occupy the palace and Christ the cross, but that same Christ rose and split history into B.C. and A.D. so that even the life of Caesar must be dated by his name. Yes, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. That's hope. Resurrection hope means... Being confident that Jesus was more than just an inspiring prophet and more than just a quotable sage. That he was one of whom he himself could say, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Which means there's nothing today that you can do that will thwart his perfect plan for you tomorrow. Yes, even in a world that shakes and quakes with pain and loss and uncertainty, if your life is in his hands, you cannot thwart his plans. That's hope indeed. Resurrection hope is the certainty that even when 44 Egyptian Christians were martyred seven days ago, As Jesus promises, even though they die, they have never truly died. And one day they will rise again. And so will you in Christ. That's hope in the face of death. Dearly beloved, death is ended. Resurrection hope is knowing that whatever sin or vice you're struggling with today, Jesus is coming back and he's going to complete that transforming work that he's begun in you. Your struggle, dear friends, is not in vain. So you can keep fighting and fighting and fighting knowing that you're going to win the fight. Guaranteed, that's hope. Resurrection hope means that if today you're weary of evil, weary of death, weary of injustice, weary of depression, of disease, of disappointment, of sin, that you can catch your breath today knowing that evil has an expiration date, don't you know? Death has an expiration date. Injustice has an expiration date. Disease has an expiration date. Your struggle against indwelling sin has an expiration date. Oh, those in the clouds of darkness. Depression has an expiration date. 
because Jesus is alive. And he's coming back. And that's hope. Resurrection hope is being daily reminded that even when it feels like the end, the story is still being written. When it feels like the end of your strength, the end of your career, the end of your marriage, the end of your life, that even when it feels like this, when it feels like Friday, when Judas is betraying, when evil's laughing, when Peter's denying and Mary's crying and the Sanhedrin's conspiring and Jesus is dying, it's Friday, but let me tell you something, you know, Sundays are coming. And here's hope, Sunday is here. Resurrection hope means you can love this neighborhood fighting the despondency of inevitability where spiritual apathy and social inequity too easily are accepted as reality. But hope means that you can press on for another day, laboring in sacrificial love, even unto death indeed. Because Jesus is making all things new. And he calls you to give previews and foretastes of his resurrection day every day. That's hope for the neighborhood, dear friends. A resurrection hope means the days may be dark, but the darkness is passing. The sun is already rising because the sun has risen indeed. It means your life is not and is never meaningless because you will live forever in Christ. It means you've never truly done a forgettable deed of kindness or justice. You have never been defeated by the life-withering shadow of futility because the fruit of your love of your life will last forever. That's hope. Dear friends, the resurrection means that now the eyes of your hope are fixed on the promised return of Jesus. It means you can treasure it with such certainty as with the joy of seeing morning's first light that you can sing as the hymn writer taught us to sing, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Glory, hallelujah, hope is here. Glory, hallelujah, hope is here. Do you have hope today? Be refreshed by hope today. Be revived by resurrection hope today. Because, let me hear you, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Don't you believe it? Christ is risen. And he gives you resurrection hope.
Let's pray. And so we seek to be filled by you in all our emptiness, in all our weakness, in all our fragility and feared futility. And we cling to you, our risen Savior. And we pray that you would restore our hope. In Jesus' name and for his risen glory. Amen. Let's reflect and remember it by singing. Let's stand together. You better sing. <laughs>